Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. We were talking last time um, about the effect of knowledge on our mind, our intellect, on our vasanas. We were on chapter four, and today we were going to continue with verse 36. Today is episode 53. Uh, verse 36 to 42, these are smaller verses, not like verse 28, which took us two episodes to do. But these are smaller verses, so hopefully we will be done quickly and uh, then proceed to the next episode. So verse 36 basically shows the effect of knowledge on your mind. So it says, Krishna says, even if you are a great sinner, number one sinner in the world, and what does that mean? Sin means the effect of your action on the agitation in your mind. Mm -hmm. So if you have done something bad that you yourself consider bad, whether it's actually bad or not, you have to decide. But if you think of it as being bad, it's going to have an effect on your mind. It's going to make you agitated. And that agitation will continue with you for a while, and that while depends on how bad you think that that uh, uh, action you took was. So you do a very bad action, it's going to stay with you for the rest of your life and possibly beyond. Mm. A small little the infraction on your part is going to last you for a shorter period of time. So what he says is you are the, if you are the number one sinner in the world, the highest sinner, this knowledge will get rid of all the sin in you, and you will no longer be a sinner. Now, that seems a little far-fetched, no? But let's ex explore that. Let's see how that happens. So he says, if you gain this knowledge, you get rid of, you get purified of all of your sins, and you are no longer a sinner. How does that happen? Why? Because if the sinner himself is dissolved, there's no more sinner, it's just like a dreamer who wakes up from his dreams. Uh, so yeah. imagine that you're having a dream and you're dreaming all kinds of things. You wake up and you say, oh, there's no dream. There's no dreamer. Similarly, you're having your mind is agitated with the sin of your action that you've committed. You gain the knowledge of this and you become self-realized. You become one with Brahman. You're no longer a person. You no longer have a mind or an intellect or whatever. You have become the Atman. There's no you. There's no sinner. There's no ahankar. There's no I. You have just become the Atman. So you're free of that sin. You become purified of that sin. So whatever knowledge you get, you, even if you don't become self-realized, you're headed towards self-development, and it can't be wasted. That's verse 36. Verse 37 shows the effect of knowledge on your vasanas. This is, I find this a, a very interesting example and analogy. I hope you will too. So knowledge, Krishna says, is like fire. It burns the seed of your ahankar, which is your arrogance, your I-I-ness. It burns that seed of your ahankar, your... Uh, arrogance about yourself, and it burns your vasanas. Just like a well-kindled fire destroys wood to ashes, remember this, just like a well-kindled fire destroys wood to ashes, in the same way this knowledge burns all the seeds of karma, which is desires, and gives rise to all 
which gives rise to all action. So desires give rise to action, and it says this knowledge burns those desires away, so you're no longer bound to do action in this world for fulfilling your desires, just like fire burns wood to ashes. So understand that whatever actions we do are based on thousands of lives prior to this that are put into our prakriti hard drive for thousands of years as vasanas, into your unconscious mind, your conscious minds as thoughts and desires. So all of that is packed in there. And it has plenty more rooms for plenty more lives. But it's all under the surface. You only see what is left over from the top for what has been allotted to this lifetime. But the rest is still there in the hard drive, deeper. Hmm. So that deeper part is called sanchit, sanchit karma. Sanchit karma is those actions we have done for the past thousands of lives. From that, a little bit is let out for this life, which is called prarabdha karma. Prarabdha comes from the word praramba, which means it's already started. Mm-hmm. Prarambha means when you go to a, a theater or whatever, it's a prarambha has already started. So prarabdha karma, which that which is giving in this life to the body and mind. And agami, agami karma is that which will come in a future life. So these actions that we do are coming from that karma. Now, All of this belongs to this ahankar of I as myself. Now, again, just like my friend who came with me to the Gita class has said, if they're open, (laughs) another example that keeps coming about is that of the dreamer. So in this example, think of yourself that you're dreaming that you went to a party and you said, oh, my goodness, that's my favorite thing over there on the table, right? Yeah. You're hungry. You went to sleep with less food last night. Because you're hungry, you're dreaming of food, and you see your favorite stuff there, and you gorge yourself. You stuff yourself with that and the desserts and everything else, and you feel so extended and full. Then you wake up. You wake up and you say, was that me that ate that, (laughs) all that stuff? You touch your stomach. You're starving because you hadn't eaten last night. You're hungry. Your stomach is empty. Wait, who was it that ate all that then? Right. Was it you? It was you. You thought, but you're not there. Where's the food? Where's the you? It's all disappeared. The dream has disappeared and the dreamer has disappeared. Mm -hmm. So Krishna says that just as with that dream and the dreamer, when you get the knowledge that the you that you think you are is not you. You're just basically the Atman. This is just your body, mind, and intellect. Your concept of the I disappears just like the dreamer and the dream. So you're no longer you. You no longer see. It's a little hard to understand. Yeah. Did they make it clear, Lou, or no? Yeah, I think you did. And it's it's knit into some of the things we've talked about in the past, too. So, yes, okay. it fits. Yeah. It, 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 even if it little bit goes into the mind of the listeners, I'm happy because this will be clearer and clearer as time goes on. Let's look at the analogy again of what Krishna says about the wood being burned by the fire and turned to ash. Now, if you if you take a piece of wood, recognize that wood, if you take two pieces of wood and rub them together with friction, you develop fire. Yes. Am I right? Yes. 
we all know that when you were, I was a Boy Scout, and they used to teach us, if you get stuck and you don't have matchbox, you take dry tinder and you rub it together with friction and you'll ultimately get fired. Yeah, did that ever so work with, for you? Sorry? No, did that ever work for you? <laughs> so, we know but, it does but, work, but it never worked it for me either. Work. Yeah. never worked for me either. <laughs> but it does work. So which means what? That the same wood that is used in as a fuel for fire, when there's a fire, you take the same wood and you put it in, but the same wood you rub it together and it's supposed to make. I didn't get it. You didn't get it. Yep. But it's supposed to make fire, which means that the same wood has both fire in it as well as it is used as fuel for fire. Yes. And what he is saying here is that we too, our Atman, which is self-knowledge and full of its knowledge in and of itself embodied in us, and the Vasnas, which are ignorance, are together within us. Just like the wood has fire and fuel within it, one destroys the other, the Atman within us, which is the supreme knowledge, can destroy the same vasanas that are within us. Hmm. I like that. So when you wake up, neither the dessert nor the eater is there, as in that dream. When you wake up, you say, I was just dreaming. That has just gone. The food that I thought was in my stomach is no longer there. When you wake up from this with knowledge, your vasanas are all gone, yes. just like that. So that was verse 37. Now we come to verse 38. So in verse 38, he talked of the three principal yogas. Yoga is not, again, I say this, sorry to keep repeating it. Yoga is not what you go to in a studio and you do a physical stand on your head. Right. Yoga means union. Union with God, a way to unite with Atman Brahman, your supreme self, is yoga. And it gives the scriptures give three ways to do it. Karma yoga, karma means action with, for those who are body-oriented, like Arjuna was a soldier, so he was prescribed karma yoga. Second is bhakti yoga, which is devotion, prayer, singing, meditation. And the third is jnana yoga, which is what we are doing now, getting the knowledge of the Supreme Self. Those are the three ways in which to reach the Supreme Self. And in verse 38, he says, practicing these yogas purifies the mind of all worries and anxieties because only a peaceful mind can lead to meditation. If your mind is agitated, you try meditating, close your eyes, your mind is going in a thousand different places. You can't think of anything. That's so he prescribes the three yogas, karma yoga, bhakti yoga, and jnana yoga. In verse 39, he says, he who has shraddha, Shraddha means faith and devotion. He who is devoted, he who has subdued his senses and sense organs, attains this knowledge, and after gaining this knowledge, he gains eternal peace. So he's basically saying you need to have your body, your mind, and your intellect under your control. Body, he says, subdue your senses. Mind, he says, has to be devoted to the supreme, which calms your mind. And the intellect, he says, devote shraddha or faith or dedication, which is a dedicated pursuit of truth. Then comes verse 40. Now we're headed, Lou, towards the end of chapter 4. 40, 41, and 42 are the last three verses of chapter 4. Then we had to have chapter 5. Mm -hmm. So he's coming to the tail end. He says in verse 40, the ignorant, 
devoid of this faith or shraddha, the doubting self is ruined in this lifetime. Neither is he happy in this world, nor the other, nor does he have happiness. And Krishna says, if you don't do karma yoga or bhakti yoga or jnana yoga, you lose. The ignorant have no shraddha. They only have faith in the material world. They're ignorant. They're never at peace. And in verse 41, he says, follow the three yogas. You're no longer going to be bound to your actions and to this world. And in verse 42, he says, follow the spiritual path, remove ignorance, and you get the knowledge of the self. So let's see if I've left anything out <laughs> from my notes here. I think that's basically it. In verse 41, he says, they drop their desires and desire-prompted actions. They gain knowledge. Verse 42, the sword of knowledge cuts through this ignorance of the Atman. But basically, it says what we were saying. So, as I said in the beginning, this was going to be a smaller episode because these verses are towards the tail end of chapter 4, and he's wrapping up everything. I hope you enjoyed chapter 4, my friends. Hope you enjoyed, especially as I did, all of those yagnas yeah. that burn. You did, Lou? I did, yes. But I'm also going to review this because I think it bears reviewing too as we go forward. Yeah, and you know, if if what I used to do is when I reviewed it, I would make detailed notes of everything. I mean, uh, medical student, you know, physician, yep. you make notes anyway. You somebody says good morning to you, take out your paper and pencil <laughs> and say, "What would you say? Let me write that down." That's part of the process of retention, making notes and writing it down. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with repeating. But yep. by the way, you know, people say, "What's your phone number?" and you say, "Okay, such and such." And you repeat it. Why do you repeat it? Because by repetition aloud, you say, oh, 201, 738, blah, blah, blah. You remember it because just looking at it is one thing. Right. Looking at it with one sense, but hearing it at the same time, you retain it far better. So in what we're doing is we're listening to it. We're writing it down. And in the process of writing, it helps you. And then you're reading it. So all three things help you retain it much better. Right. Thank you, my friends, and we will start next week with uh, Chapter 5. Excellent.